At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May Tens of thousands of people took to the streets of more than 140 cities over the weekend through Sunday night. Despite city-imposed curfews and, in some places, patrols of the National Guard. The mass public protests against racism and police brutality were set off by the suspected murder of George Floyd. Floyd, an unarmed black man, died in police custody on the streets of Minneapolis last week. Video of his death, his neck pinned to the ground under the knee of a white police officer, upended the nation. I can't breathe, Floyd told officers. I'm Tremaine Lee. This is Into America. And today, we go to the epicenter of this moment, Minneapolis, Minnesota. On Sunday night, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz tapped State Attorney General Keith Ellison to take the lead in the Floyd case with the help of the Hennepin County District Attorney's Office. Ellison was elected in 2018 after representing Minnesota's 5th Congressional District for 12 years in Congress. He is the first African-American to be elected to statewide office in Minnesota. I had a chance to talk with him earlier today. So, Keith, first, thank you so very much for joining us. I really appreciate it, especially uh, with everything going on. Uh, We know you're busy. A lot to be done, and I know you're really busy, too. Thank you. So the George Floyd case um, had been in the hands of the Hennepin County attorney, Mike Freeman. But now that the case is in your hands, what changes at all? Well, it gives us a statewide perspective. It gives us greater resources to draw upon. Let me tell you, Hennepin County Attorney's Office will be working with us. We will be working with them. Uh, They are the only county in our state who has successfully prosecuted a police officer for murder. Therefore, you know, we're not going to leave that expertise and that experience on the sideline. We're going to use it. We're going to work with them. We're going to partner with them. I will be the lead prosecutor in the case, but we will absolutely see their presence in this matter. And we we need to. We should. So if they have that expertise and that history, why was the decision made to take it out of their hands and give you the lead? Because we needed to draw on statewide resources. We needed to do that because it's a statewide matter, by the way. I mean, it's in in Hennepin County, but there's every county in the state of Minnesota is impacted by what's going on. And so, you know, that's kind of how, how it is. I can tell you that our office has a tremendous amount of prosecutorial experience as well. You know, we, we do these kind of cases every day and all the time. We have a division that does it. So we're well positioned to do it, but we are going to, you know, use every resource available to us to achieve justice for George Floyd. 
So there's been a lot of pressure mounting from the family and activists, not just in Minnesota, but across the country, to upgrade the charges against Officer Derek Chauvin. Uh, last Friday, he was arrested and charged with third-degree murder and manslaughter in the death of George Floyd. But is that on the table? Well, what I can tell you is that we are going to take a fresh look at the evidence and all the law. We're going to charge the highest level of accountability that we can, that can be sustained by those facts and the law. And so you ask, is it on the table? The answer to that question is, yes, it is on the table. We're doing that fast. We're doing that literally now. And so I don't want to give you a precise time because one thing's for sure, the second you set a precise time or a precise plan, uh, something happens and now you got to adjust. But we're, we're moving as expeditiously as we can. As you weigh the evidence and think about whether those charges should be upgraded, what role does the idea of actually trying to win this case play in your mind? Some people have made concerns about if you overcharge, then you risk actually winning in court. Is that an issue at all? That's a total issue. That's a critical issue. But for me, as the person who um, has prosecutorial authority, I got to look at this thing in a very cold-blooded, sober way. I got to ask myself, What can we prove? What facts do we have? And what are the charges available to sustain that? And let me just say, Tremaine, I am committed to winning this case. That's what it's about for me. I would never charge anyone, nor would I be part of a prosecution unless I believe the person was guilty and they need to be held accountable. So that's my responsibility as a prosecutor. But I can also say that it is not wise to overcharge a case because I, first of all, I think it's kind of unethical, but I also think it's not right to undercharge a case either. I mean, we've got to look at what fits and what makes sense. And I can assure folks that uh, I got this case last night and we have been pursuing justice every moment since then, but we're just not ready to make an announcement as to uh, what an amended complaint is going to, to look like, uh, nor have we, we're not ready to make an announcement about any additional persons that we may need to bring to justice. But with that, those factors are cooking right this moment. That was actually going to be my next question. In terms of accountability, four officers involved in the death of George Floyd have been fired. Chauvin is already facing murder charges. There are three other officers out there. How much consideration is going into actually possibly bringing charges against them? And what's the bar for their involvement to be able to charge them? So, um, you know, like I said, uh, everything's on the table. We're taking a fresh look at this. Tremaine, I really cannot ethically start just discussing the evidence like that. But I will say theoretically, theoretically, not this case necessarily. There are statutes in Minnesota that say that if you aid and abet and assist in the commission of a crime, then, then you're on the hook for that crime, just like the person who was the principal actor. There's also uh, statutes that say that if you're in a duty of authority and you have to you have to render aid, and if you don't, you know you can be held accountable for that. There are various ways to hold people accountable who may not be as culpable as the main actor, but facilitated that crime to happen. So those things are out there, and uh, we're looking at all those things. But I think it's also important for people to just think about the history here. What happened in the Freddie Gray case? I looked on that case and said those guys are clearly guilty. Nobody was ever held accountable. You may remember the Rodney King case, or you read about it, you know about it. The first trial in Simi Valley, California, they walked. They beat that man for 57 blows, and 17 people stood around doing nothing. They walked. I mean, if you look at the Walter Scott case, 
How in the world did that guy not get convicted? That was a hung jury. You look at the Eric Garner case. That was a no bill of indictment. Mm. This case can be won. And I'm telling you that every with every cell in my body, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that this case is won. But I also want to make sure everybody understands this is no walk in the park. And yes, the video shows what it shows. It's disturbing. It's alarming. It's outrageous. But you got defense attorneys who are very good and well compensated and well resourced who are trying to break the chain of prosecution at every single link. They're working hard. So I think it's important to understand that the people who are at the march, the jury will not be made up of those people. I mean, what good defense attorney is not going to strike them, right? It will be made up of people by and large who trust the police as an institution and who it's not easy for them to just assume uh, that a police officer would deliberately commit a murder or even uh, not deliberately. Uh, again, I'm speaking not about this evidence, but I'm speaking hypothetically. Um, and, and so that is what we're up against. It's not a simple matter. And I just think that the outrage people are feeling makes people say, charge him, charge him now, charge him all, but what's we waiting on? What's the problem? And I'm like, you know, do you want immediate satisfaction or do you want long-term justice? That is what we're really sort of dealing with right here. There's one piece of evidence in this case, again, that stands out is that this 44-year-old white officer, Derek Chauvin, 19 years on the force, had his knee in George Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Is that restraint allowable and under any circumstances by police department protocol? You know, that's a great question. But basically what you're asking me to do is comment on the evidence which can run me into trouble with my role in the case. Mm. So what I will say is I have my own personal opinion about it. and my reaction is what you would expect it to be. And I'm going to leave it right there. Without speaking specifically about this case, are police officers allowed to use their knees in the necks of individuals they're restraining to hold them down? Another good question. Uh, I will say that there is ample evidence that it is an inherently dangerous practice. So as America kind of convulses under the rage that many, many people are feeling, there have been protests in 140 cities, there have been clashes. You and I are sitting here, two black men who understand clearly the history of this country, the violence that's part of the fabric of it. How does that change the texture of the way you approach these cases? We walk into it fully knowing that we've got to put more than our best foot forward, right? We've got to work extra hard. We got to grind. If you just act like, oh, there's no racism, I can just wing it. No, that is not going to do it, man. We all know that you got to work twice as hard to go half as far. And that's just a lot we have been given, but we're not satisfied with that lot. I mean, look, if it was 1830, what good reason would any person who is in bondage have? to believe that it was going to end 30 years later. Why in the world would Martin Luther King or Malcolm X ever believe American segregation was going to end? All history told them that it wasn't and it was just going to be here. But somehow they said, you know, we're going to march anyway. We're not going to put up with this, even though the odds don't appear to be in our favor. So when you're talking to an African-American person about the odds of success, 
that ain't nothing but a word, man. We got we have to strive for freedom, justice, and equality and fairness, no matter what, even if the odds are long, right? Because that's just how it rolls. That's just what's up, man. And so that's how can we do less, Jermaine? Keith, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. You know, at least there's some of us who have been around long enough to see some incremental change. It's never, quite frankly, enough being black in America. But when you have a, an 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old young man or young woman in 2020 seeing what's happening, seeing the disparities, seeing the ongoing violence, and they express themselves, as we heard that Martin Luther King quote, that the riot is the language of the unheard. What we're seeing now, that rage, are we seeing a riot or a rebellion? Is there a difference and does it matter? Mostly what I'm seeing is a militant, peaceful demonstration. That's mostly what I'm seeing. I mean, like 90 plus percent of the people aren't burning anybody's stuff. They're not breaking anything. They're carrying their signs. They're passing out their flyers. They're wearing their t-shirts. They're doing their chants. They're raising their voices. Overwhelmingly, what I see is people doing legitimate First Amendment protected protests. And there are some people who are doing some other stuff. And Tremaine, this is kind of where I may part company with some of my friends, burning down Black-owned businesses, burning down Latino businesses. I mean, there's people who took their whole life savings to start this, this little restaurant, and you burn that down, and then you tell me, oh, well, that's just the cost. Of, that's just, you got to break some eggs to make an omelet. I'm like, wait a minute, man. These people at this little restaurant, you just burnt down will be the first ones calling for justice for George Floyd. I, I can't condone it, man. I, I, and I know that some people might say, oh, you don't get it, you don't get it. Well, okay, well, I guess I just don't get it because um, I cannot say that that's okay. I can say that I understand it. I can understand, I understand why. But you know what? How is it that you who've lived under uh, oppression, racism, get to hurt another person as you condemn what the police are doing hurting George Floyd. What I say is come into your conscious mind and ask yourself what it is that you're doing. And then of course, there's another element, Tremaine. I don't know where they're from and I don't know what their ideology is, but there's some straight out Asian provocateurs and I've seen these people, seen them. 
And by the way, they, you know who's confronting them? The protesters. Putting them on tape. What you doing, man? Why are you breaking the windows in the auto zone, man? But they're running around, setting fires on businesses that don't deserve it and, and, and are actually in favor of justice for George Floyd. So that's my two cents on that. There have been growing calls from the families of Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd for Congress to step in and do something. A hearing, a task force. Can we legislate our way out of this? Can we, will a congressional hearing and a mandate from up on high stop what we see playing out in, in our cities every single day when it comes to race relations and racial inequality? I don't know if it's going to work, but I know we got to try. You support it? Absolutely, 100%, 10,000% I support it. There needs to be hearings at the state level, the city level, the federal level. Do you know, uh, look, President Trump, who has made some very unhelpful tweets, you know, what he could do if he was inclined to is do a pattern and practice lawsuit against the city of Minneapolis for, you know, systemic discrimination. But he has not done a single one since he became president. In fact, he said a lot of things that were encouraging police brutality. Do you remember when he said, oh, when you guys uh, put your hand on the head of the defendants, you don't need to do that so much anymore. Remember he said that? That's encouraging police brutality. He said a lot of things like that. He's not been helpful. And I know a lot of folks have, you know, reason to critique Obama on this and that. But he did do the 21st century policing study, which is very important. He dug into the Ferguson Police Department, also very important. Uh, And this is the kind of help we need from the federal government. This is not a Minneapolis problem. It's not a Houston problem. It's not a D.C. problem. It's not an Atlanta problem. It is a national problem. It's not a this generation problem. It's a last generation problem and a generation before that problem. And it calls for a systemic uh, solution. And yes, it's about policing, but it's also about housing, health care and everything else. And so this is what we need from Congress and the president at this moment. It's not enough to condemn uh, somebody who did something bad or irresponsible. It's not even enough to convict the officers responsible for the murder of Mr. Floyd. And I say murder because he's charged with murder right now. And that may even be upgraded. The real justice will become when you're, I don't know, uh, Tremaine, you got any kids? You know, you have uh, an eight, eight year old. Tremaine, when you don't have to say, son, when the police stop you, don't say nothing smart. Yes, sir. No, sir. And then you call me as soon as you can because the police son will kill you. Hmm. When you don't have to have that conversation, as my father had with me, then we got some justice coming, right? We're not going to let public opinion drive us in this case. We're gonna make sure nobody can say we rushed to judgment or we're pushed into doing this or that by public pressure. We're doing this on the facts and the law in front of us. And people have entrusted me to do that and that is what I'm gonna do. But at the same time, it's just one, it's one data point in many, many, many. If we're gonna make the life of George Floyd, who a lot of people really loved a lot, really, really have impact in this moment, it will be that we get justice for him and we carry forth the fight beyond. What is this moment like to see your city going through what it's going through? How how does it feel knowing that this is home and to see what's happening? Man, here's the thing. I love Minneapolis. It's a great place, man. And it's a beautiful place. And to see it as it is hurts a lot. But I will tell you this. 
Minnesota has always been a tale of two cities. It's this natural beauty. It's this great artistic tradition. It's this wonderful stuff. But we also got some of the worst disparities in America. And what I say to my white colleagues and friends and is that, look, if you can make this place like a white Wakanda, you know, then all you got to do is open up this thing so that everybody can share in the great benefits of this community that is here. And we can make this place a good place for everyone if we would but do so. And it, that is the challenge before us. I believe there's a lot of people of all backgrounds who want to do that. And there's some people who don't, but we've simply got to overcome them through activism, through, through elections, uh, and through all the means at our disposal uh, to make this society just and fair and to live up to uh, its promise of liberty and justice for all. Do you think this moment has the opportunity to be a pivot point for America? Do you believe truly that we'll come out of this or we could come out of this better than we were before? Or do we fall back into the status quo and allow America to settle the way it's always settled? I believe we're at an inflection point because I believe in those young people out there peacefully protesting. I was driving by University of Minnesota the other day, which is in the city of Minneapolis. All these little white kids out there blocking traffic. I know some of them is going to be hedge fund managers in two or three years, but they're on their campus protesting because a black man and a whole other side of town was unjustly uh, killed uh, by the police officer. What we really need is to make sure that everybody understands that this condition that African-American people and Native American and Latino people and even some poor whites are in is not good for any of us. And we need to, we need to get people to dig in. There's a young uh, leader here named Leslie Redmond. She's 28 years old. She's the president of the NAACP. There's my son, 30 years old city council member, Jeremiah Ellison. There is a generation of young black leaders who are, man, they are, they are 100% committed to justice. And so when you put all this together, I think what it adds up to is we have a chance to make permanent, lasting change, but, uh, but only a chance. <laughs> if we believe that progress is guaranteed because of what we're going through, we are so sadly mistaken. After everybody goes back to their school, home, and work, after COVID-19 is over, after the buildings are rebuilt, who's going to be fighting for change then? And the question is, does America want that change that you speak of? There are young people and old people who believe in the ideals of America and what it could be. But we've seen the marching and the protesting and the elections before, and we all always end up at the same pace. Does America want it? Well, what I'd say is that in 1954, we had America was a segregated society. Because of marching by 1966, there was racism and, and disparities, but we had gotten rid of the Jim Crow system. Before that, you had Thurgood Marshall and them out there fighting the legal battle. Then you had the popular struggle led by King and, and Malcolm X and others. We have made progress, and to not acknowledge that means we're not honoring our ancestors. But at the same time, every generation has a challenge. This generation's challenge is to end racism, which in some ways is even harder, right? But it can be done. If you believe that a person is a person is a person, then you believe, you gotta believe that we can overcome racism and racial disparities, but it's not gonna be easy and, you, and, and this is a marathon, not a sprint. 
Keith Ellison, thank you so much. We got you on day one of your handling of this case, and we really appreciate you taking some time out for us, but more importantly, our listeners. So thank you very much. Keep at it, Tremaine Lee. Keith Ellison is Attorney General of Minnesota. I heard a saying once that a child who's not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. Right now, America is burning. The spark may have been the suspected murder of George Floyd by a white police officer in Minnesota and the killings of Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia and Breonna Taylor in Kentucky before him, but the kindling of racial inequality, injustice, and violence have been simmering long before we ever knew their names. And now, as the embers of black pain and resistance spark protests across the country and the spirit of violent uprising has consumed the young and the angry, we are left to sift through the ashes to make sense of the senseless. So this week on Into America, we'll be covering the unrest unfolding in cities across America by examining their roots of institutional racism, structural inequality, and what it will take to create systemic change in this country. Because of the significance of this moment, we are breaking from our usual schedule to bring you coverage every day this week. Into America is produced by Isabel Angel, Allison Bailey, Aaron Dalton, Max Jacobs, Barbara Rabb, Claire Tai, Aisha Turner, and Preeti Varathan. Original music by Hannes Brown. Our executive producer is Ellen Frankman. Steve Lichtai is executive producer of audio. I'm Tremaine Lee. We'll be back tomorrow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 